Hi. Okay. Is this on? Yeah, testing. Is this thing on? Yeah, you're on. Is this a I'm microphone? On. Oh, every time it's raining, it's just like, can I sing Twinkle Little Star? Oh. <laughs> Anytime I'm like singing somewhere. <laughs> That's cute. Oh, well, I'll just geez. welcome us in. We don't need any, oh. any banter. Oh, this we? is our banter. Well, can we just at least before you welcome people in, tell everybody this is our last episode of the season? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's oh. very bittersweet. I'm, I'm sad, but oh, stop it! It was your idea, first of all. <laughs> okay, let's just no. let's just be clear. Okay, no, but like it was like two days ago, and we we're playing. Okay, we got a podcast. We have to do this rally. Then we're going to Sacramento, and and then you know, what if the bill passes the hearing? And I'm just thinking, I'm thinking, oh my gosh! And um, I'm just like. This just hit me all of a sudden that... Um, but you don't love the podcast no, anymore. No, no, like if, like I just sort of need a break, like so that we're doing less so that the most important thing that we could be doing, you know, fighting the bill, I think we can put a little bit more time and energy into that. I can, I know. And so just so everyone realizes it wasn't my decision, I love you guys. <laughs> And I like this podcast. <laughs> okay, so it's only the season one finale, yeah, right? Okay. It is not the end of everything. Is it the end of the vaccine conversation? That's no, what people want to know. It is not. It is not. I hope we're, we're going to be picked up by you know, Fox or the WB. I'm <laughs> oh, hoping, definitely. Hoping for season two. And... 100%. <laughs> Syndication even, right? I know. Yeah, yeah. No, but this is, yeah, this is the season one finale, honestly. You know, uh, we have to ask them, do they even want a season two? I, you know, we, we should oh, ask. We should have people in. weigh yeah, in. Yeah. Chime in. Chime we need to find in. out if you guys want a yeah. season two, if you want us back. I'm sure they do. If if, if the uh, majority says yay on that, uh, then we'll be back maybe, what, in end of July, beginning of August? Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm not sooner than a month probably, but um, I don't know how long do do you spend between seasons. And it's so funny. Depends on what the network says. I know. <laughs> it's like Matt told me, he's like, yeah, you sort of have to have like an ending of season one and then start season two. I'm like, well, when does that happen? He's like, I told you. It happens you whenever it. you want it to happen. <laughs> but so no, I, I was, I, yeah, I was just like, I was like, uh, I need just, I think a little bit of time to just chill and, um, you know, spend a little bit like I've had, well, you okay. mean outside of the vacation. You just <laughs> I, know. Oh. I, know. So I just got back from two weeks vacation and you know, I'm not going to try to hide the fact that, that, I mean, we planned our, you know, our, uh, our family vacation, uh, Cheryl and Joshua and I, and, um, we went to Puerto Rico to visit friends, had a lot of fun there. And we went to the British Virgin Islands. No, the American Virgin Islands, St. Thomas and stayed there. And then we, cruise around the Virgin Islands a little bit, but I don't know. We just, you know, we had it planned way ahead of time. And, you know, had I known what was going to happen, we wouldn't have gone at this time, but, but, uh, it was, but you did. Yeah, we did. Well, you know, <laughs> family time's important too. And is is great to relax. And, uh, and I think, so I think it was coming back to so much going on. I was like, oh made you gosh. realize you needed a break. <laughs> <laughs> made you, made you realize I need a vacation. <laughs> There's just too so, much going on. Yeah, so the vacation is uh, is the uh, is you know the ending of season one of the podcast, and we will you know we're not going to tell you when we're going to come back, but we're going to surprise you. One morning you're going to wake up and ding, there's going to be you know a new episode waiting on your podcast app, all for you, and we'll be uh, energetic and ready to go. And and uh, so anyway, so that's, and vacationed. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we yeah, vacation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> I can't tell you the last time I've taken a vacation, but you know what? I'm going to do it this summer. 
Yeah. Take the kids. Yeah. I'm going to go take the kids and have, an, have a vacation. I don't know how it's going to go. Yeah. But I'm going to try it. So, yeah, well, so we will to. see, and then we'll be back. But anyway, why don't you, for the last time for season one, okay, try not to cry when you do it, and why don't you <laughs> welcome everyone in? When you open the door for somebody else, welcome but they everybody don't to the vaccine conversation with Dr. Bob and Melissa. I see the tear. I see it falling. I know. I see it like, oh, 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 no. Oh, oh. oh, that was the last episode of the season. Uh, anyway, a, yeah. tear those allergies again, Dr. Bob? <laughs> <laughs> the allergies when yeah. you're sick. Remember when you said that in one of the episodes? Oh, I know, I know. You're like, oh, when people say it's allergies, they're lying. They, they're sick. They are lying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, hey, well, that was one favorite past moment of the, of the it episode. It sure was. Well, well, so, you know, I mean, for today's, you know, final episode what is it called season finale of, of, of season one we thought we would not really actually have a topic um uh we were basically going to reminisce on sort of some of our favorite moments and favorite topics of this season and then i want to kind of talk about some of the favorite topics that are coming up and maybe give a preview not just the name of the topic but maybe just you know talk a little you know for a few minutes about each of these upcoming topics so you guys know what you have to look forward to coming up and um so, um, it sounds amazing. <laughs> doesn't it? Doesn't it really it? does. I I'll just say that we're in the middle of like a major hurricane right now in California, a political hurricane. So we decided to, or I should say, Dr. Bob insisted that we had this last moment here, um, in the middle of everything else going on just so that we could make sure and have a conclusive episode for this season. So, you know, that should just show everybody how important they are. They are so important, yeah. right, to us to yeah. get this done. And, and we're here, even though we're totally stressed out with everything else going on. For this moment, we are all yours. Yep. So Exactly. Yep. So we can put down, well, we can't put down our cell phones because you're looking at top. I'm looking at right something. now. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, my cell phone's on silent. And yeah, so, uh, I mean, looking back, um, I was kind of thinking of, you know, the why are we doing this episode that we started with? Um, and for me... You know, I don't, I don't even remember half of what we said, but for me, it's kind of morphed into why am I super excited about continuing this and, you know, the drive to move forward as Melissa takes <laughs> selfies of herself. Hey, it's the end of <laughs> you're, season you're commemorating. one. <laughs> I know. I, I, <laughs> am I going to get in there? Should I come over to your chair this okay, time? Okay, go, go. All right. I'm coming over. All right. <laughs> Selfie time. We'll post oh, this. Cheese. Don't look weird. Don't look normal. Okay. <laughs> look normal. Jeez. Okay, we got a good picture. I'll, I'll show you guys. So at some point, I will show you because and that other one got deleted. <laughs> it went right to the trash. That was, was okay. Yeah. Right, but um, you know, honestly, I mean, things are um, turning so ugly in the political environment, and um, families who are either vaccine injured and don't continue to vaccinate, or families who who from the beginning have uh, adopted or embraced a natural lifestyle and have uh, kind of, you know, figured out that there, there is some risk to vaccination. And, and some people even think, you know, their kids are going to be healthier if you don't vaccinate because you'll have a healthier immune system. Those families, you know, they're, they're basically now becoming a, a class of second class citizens. They're being discriminated against politically legally, mm -hmm. um, socially, um, you know, even, you know, between families and friends and, 
it's just turning into something that I'm, you know, that saddens me and, and angers me as a society. So basically I am looking forward to more and more talking about that uh, in season two and why, you know, why are we going to continue to do this? Um, and hopefully I don't, I hope we don't have to do this for 20, 30 years, but what if we do? I mean, what if the discrimination doesn't change? What if you do? That's right. Yeah. What if I do? <laughs> uh. What if you do? Hey, we'll all be listening, Dr. Bob. So, um. uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you look back at, you know, from uh, some of these past um, episodes? Well, it's funny because why we're doing this when we first did that episode, like we literally just came in, pressed record and sort of had like a brief idea, an outline of what we were going to talk about with no understanding of um, sort of how far that this podcast would reach. Mm -hmm. So I messaged you the other day. This has been listened to in 92 countries. I know. That was so cool. 92 countries and over 300,000 downloads. And we, uh, Yeah, I, I bet the, the people in France just loved my, you know, my Inspector <laughs> Clouseau and, and that uh, sounded, Ireland. That actually sounded totally normal to them. I know, and I bet Ireland was like, oh, I didn't know. <laughs> one of ours is <laughs> there. Melissa was Irish. That's <laughs> She's amazing. one of ours. Um, yeah, and, it, and so it's really funny because as we set out just you know, five, six months ago to sort of start this, really, we had no idea that it was going to um, sort of take on the uh, life that it has. And that life turned into 50, what, six episodes and, um, and a whole amazing array of interactions, connections, comments, messages, and, um, and just togetherness with everybody in this movement. And it's been really, really, um, really great. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my, always one of my favorite things to talk about, and I almost feel like we could do this one again, what, uh, media sound bites. Yeah, yeah. And I like media sound bites because we're literally talking about the phrases that you hear. And once you're aware of those phrases, like you start hearing them everywhere. So like if you hadn't mm-hmm. thought about this before, and then you listen to our episode and we're talking about safe and effective, and we're talking about debunked, and um, the science is settled. And what else do we hear all the time? Oh, vaccines don't cause autism. Yeah, vaccines are safe and effective. Did you say oh my gosh, okay. are you not? I even on the last episode, the, you're not no. listening. <laughs> I was looking at like our uh, our, st- our statistics. Oh, jeez, jeez, jeez. <laughs> poor See, Cheryl. Yeah, poor it, Cheryl. <laughs> if you're new to the to the podcast, yeah, that that's happened quite a bit. Uh, uh, herd immunity, ninety five percent herd immunity. Yeah, These kind yeah. of sound bites that. It's really interesting that once you pay attention to them, you will literally see them and hear them everywhere in every single article, in every single newscaster um, Mm -hmm. piece, in every single radio interview. Everything you hear will have these sound bites. And, you know, what people really need to get is that these are like handed to them on a piece of paper to make sure that they're saying it. This is not like somebody's just spontaneously going, oh, well, they are safe and effective. So therefore, I'm going to say that. It's it's like, here's what you're going to say in this broadcast that is not censored in any way or manipulated in any way. Right, it's right. just universally right. independent news. But right. really, it's um, it has this, this formation to what the message is. And um, I find it really interesting. It's in other things too, not just the vaccine debate, obviously. Yeah. But it's really interesting to pay attention to because once you know those sound bites, you can pick them out everywhere. And that's always kind of like a fun 
fun thing uh, to talk about. And to, we, we showed some examples, I believe, like some articles where they, they're talking, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. every time that we see those sound bites, we talked yeah. about it. So I think that's a yeah. useful, that was a useful podcast yeah. because I think it, it, for people who are joining to listen to kind of like just get information, it sort of really helped them to see what was the greater picture about this conversation and why there's so much hostility and how mm-hmm. the media shapes the public perception on this and right. also helps to support these like really, really strict legislation measures. Um, and it all comes from what the media does and the media has these same sound bites. So I found that um, interesting from a societal standpoint, yeah. how communications works, how, um, you know, yeah. I was a sociology major. This is very interesting to yeah. me, how they use this to manipulate people. So if you guys came in late to the season, um, definitely go back. That was episode two and, and, uh, hear back. I don't know. I haven't listened to any of these old episodes. Have you? Um, well, I listened to them originally. Yeah. Did you not listen to them? I did. So go back and re-listen. But I mean, them. now it's like, I'm curious to sort of see yeah. what they sound like now yeah. as we've gone 50 episodes later. How about you? What's, <laughs> a, what's another one that you really Yeah. Liked? The, um, I mean, I, uh, I kind of found it, I found it interesting that you and I basically in November predicted that this law was going to happen where we we did the episode five attacking medical exemptions. Mm-hmm. And it was basically a study that showed that um, it's it does what a lot of studies do. It, the the um, The conclusion of the abstract of the study says we have proven that there are lots of problems with vaccine medical exemptions in California, and we need to do something legally Legally. to change and to to eliminate all these fraudulent vaccine medical exemptions. Or else we will reduce any of the progress we've made from 277. That's what it said in there. Yeah, and that was the conclusion. But then when you actually read the study and what we did, we showed you the parts of the study where where it showed – they didn't reach that conclusion using the data from the study. They just made up that conclusion on their own because their data actually showed the opposite. They showed most of the people that they uh, interviewed in the study found few or no problematic medical exemptions. And out of the 60 medical exemptions that the medical board had begun investigating, they did not find a single problem with any of those 60 medical exemptions. And plus the health officers that they interviewed, many of them said themselves that um, that they felt this was not shouldn't be part of their, yeah, their domain. Yeah, 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 that they really yeah. felt like they should be leaving this yeah. in the hands of the doctor and it wasn't their responsibility to decide right. whether or not they're valid. And more importantly, what they were using to decide validity was all based on CDC contraindications, which is not what California law said. Right, so right, the ones exactly. that they did yeah. think were problematic were only problematic because they didn't meet what they believe to be the criteria, which is the ACIP or CDC guidelines, which is what, right. of course, the current law is trying to change exactly. Too. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I was, and I'm, I'm also frustrated with myself for, uh, you know, not kind of proceeding with the political fight way back then because we thought this might happen. That's what you said. Um, yeah. And, and so again, I've, I've sort of told you guys in a later episode, one lesson you need to learn other states is don't wait for a vaccine bill to begin lobbying your legislators and to get organized yeah and get organized do it mm-hmm. now start building those relationships now so and and <clears throat> speaking about state advice the other thing i would say and i know some other states have done a really great job at this something that we have not done a great job at is um having good unified leadership 
and Mm -hmm. you've seen some of these other states really under one organization and it's consistent and everything has kind of a fluidity to it. The problem with our state, with California, is that one, it's very large, lots of people. And there were kind of lots of little like individual organizations and things before the laws started coming out before 2109. And I think everybody sort of started to take their own and kind of go in their own direction and sort of quote unquote work together. But then there's a lot of, there are a lot of problems with who thinks what should be said and who should be saying it. And Mm -hmm. all of that, I mean, we've actually heard that from legislators. I just heard that yesterday that we were absolutely criticized for being disorganized and for being, um, uh, what was the other word? that they use disorganized and just, um, just on the lobbying side of things, it was just not professional because the leadership they said was not there. And so I will say for those other States who are not dealing with bills right now, you should be taking the off season, um, time to be coming together. I'm going to sneeze and I can feel it. And it's kind of like, you see my face. I was like, I was right. Yes, I told you. Thank you. Wait, are you sick? Is no. that allergies? It's allergies. No, I don't. I don't get sick. Remember our vitamin right. D episode? Oh yeah. Huh? I got a lot of messages about that, by the way. Oh, yeah, cool. So, um, I would say, um, take the off season to get organized and unified. Have your regional groups. If you're a large state like ours is, do the legwork and that kind of stuff. Not when you're under the gun of the bill. Mm-hmm. Have that stuff ready. And you know what? Put the egos aside and everybody needs to come together under one unified group. I mean, you can still have your own groups, but one unified intention so that the infighting and all the drama and stuff doesn't happen because that kind of stuff just totally takes away the energy of the people Mm -hmm. that are fighting. And ultimately, of course, we all want the same goal. But you know what? Sometimes, and I've said this to some of my friends sometimes the solution is bigger than you. Like it doesn't need to be your idea. It doesn't need to be you leading the reins. Sometimes you can take a step back and still be part of a greater solution that can have a better effect. And I would say, you know, from both of these experiences, 277 and 276 now, um, four years apart, you know, we see a lot of the same patterns and a lot of the same problems. Other states have contacted me and say, then said, you know what, we, we didn't have any of this. Like, this is why we were so effective. And I would, and I would just encourage people as they move forward, because this is going to come up in every state eventually. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, to focus on a unified leadership and focus on having your regional groups and all those things ahead of time so that when it's go time, you're ready. You're ready to disseminate the information. You're ready to work on your data and get it out to everybody and start hitting your legislators and having the meetings in their local yeah. offices and the Capitol offices, et cetera. Don't make some of the same mistakes that, you know, that, that we've seen and, and that, um, that kind of make it harder to be successful. And, you know, we're under, we have different circumstances here. So it's, it's hard because we've got such a big state with a very, very large democratic majority in our Mm -hmm. legislature. And we have a very, um, I should say powerful pharmaceutical lobby, I think for California, maybe even more so than other States, because I feel like they're using this state as like this example and model. yeah, and then people always kind of rag on the mm-hmm. on the Democrats for bringing these uh, mandatory vaccination laws forward. But honestly, in in speaking with people, it's not the Democratic constituents. Of course, it's it's a hundred percent the Democratic legislators. It's 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 the majority of Democratic legislators that that basically 
vote along this party line, right. even if they don't agree with the bill or don't like the bill. But totally. when, when, you, when you're talking to Democratic people oh, yeah. on the street, they're like, what the heck? The government wants to control my, my medical care. The government wants yeah. to tell me what to do with my body. You know, heck no. And, and, or and they understand. It's, 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 it's interesting how, how, uh, how uh, removed the legislators are from the Democratic From the people that they represent. People. Yeah. Right. I mean, I always considered myself a Democrat before also. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think you're right. Most Democrats you talk to will be totally fine with understanding, oh, my gosh, your child had a reaction. Yes, they should be protected. This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not what they support when they're supporting, um, you know, certain even public health measures. They're not supporting that level of intrusiveness and invasiveness and discrimination and segregation. That's not what they want. And even legislators, who knows if they're really supporting those ideas either. What they're doing, like you're saying, is voting party line and the party has signed on to a pharmaceutical agenda. And so that has forced every single person to sort of toe the line, so to speak. And it's been, it's, you know, it's, it's been a hard process. Yeah. But I'll say my... My next favorite episode I really liked was episode six, uh, Media, Measles, and Misinformation. Mm, Not just yeah. because of that catchy title that I came up with. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how many titles like I come up with that I thought were so wonderful? And Melissa's just like, no. <laughs> this is what you're – okay, for this episode, your title would have been like – the media in our country and the measles of the disease that's existing right now and the misinformation of the public <laughs> that that media is giving under the construct of our country. Like that would literally, and then you'd be like, how's that? Is that catchy? And I'd be like, no, 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 no. That has way, way too many words. I think that's why every time he like, he gives me these titles that are just like really like, it looks like it'd be a library book. And it's just, it's not really that even if, even if the content is technical, like you still obviously want the title to sort of summarize in an interesting way. Right, but right. I, you, you know this, and I've said this maybe on the podcast, I really like our social conversations that we have yeah, about yeah. <clears throat> um, not like chatting, like what you do yesterday, like not that kind of, <laughs> I mean, social, like the social ramifications yeah. of the vaccine debate uh, as a whole, as a conversation for our country and for the world. And um, this episode of Media, Measles, and Misinformation was the first time, remember, this was pre-Measles mania here. This is when yes. Europe was yeah. having their beginning of their outbreak. Mm-hmm. And and we called it, right? We said this is going to lead um, to a U.S. outbreak. And I, I love breaking down articles and looking through them and going, look, at here's where they're using the catchphrases. Yeah. Here's yeah. where they're inflating or using the wrong or inaccurate data. Yeah. Here's where they're scaring you into thinking this. Here's where they're leaving out out the old, the other half of the story, yeah. Here, and, and that's kind of what we did on this. Um, yeah, on this yeah, one. and it's like you know, measles is fatal in about one in ten thousand uh, childhood cases, and measles, when you look at an entire population, when a, children and adults catch measles, it's fatal in about one in five hundred thousand members of a population. But the but you know the what the CDC will tell you is no measles is fatal in between one in five hundred and one in one thousand cases again because they're just skewing the numbers they're not looking even though the we've now accurately. seen several thousand cases in the U S and still right, have not last, had yeah, yeah many years yeah exactly so 
And then and kind of that kind of ties into the flu vaccine. We sort of did the same thing, yeah. talking about the flu and the media, because this was what uh, the flu vaccine first one was the end of November. So this was right in the middle of flu season. Um, yeah. And and there was a lot of, you know, um, propaganda on the flu and the flu season, and how deadly it is and 80,000 deaths the year before. I remember all those things yeah, that they yeah, were saying. Yeah. So this kind of tied into the measles conversation because it was talking about the media machine and how they teach people to fear certain diseases and how they really increase the the attention to, to death and more and the mortality from those diseases, and they put the only solution right onto the hands of the vaccine. That's the only way you can prevent this. If yes. you don't, you're going yeah. to die. Yeah. And um, and then you, we see the same themes in all the articles and media th- across the board during those times. I find those right. really interesting. As flu season comes up, it always starts again. Yeah, and I liked the um, the another social topic was wh- why are more highly educated people more likely to question vaccines? But I'm sorry, why did you skip over the really interesting and exciting <laughs> episode overview of vaccines and diseases for infants, part one, zero to six months? Are you are you suggesting that wasn't one of your favorites? That was like, I mean, come on, that was just like. <laughs> And how fascinating was the title of that episode, too? It was the best part. <laughs> that tells you anything. So sometimes we're here just to educate, um, you know, give you just plain old information. And <laughs> again, disclaimer, I'm kidding, everyone. I know. I know. But, but I'm curious. I want to know, what was your favorite disease episode, would you say, that you got the most out of? Maybe that things I you didn't know mm. or things that, I mean, we had, we had, uh, we had, Flu, of course. We had measles. We had whooping cough. We had meningococcal. I think meningococcal was more interesting, probably the most interesting to me because I felt like that was one of the ones I would sit and consider yeah. Um, more than some of the other ones, especially as my kids have aged out of some of the yeah. the younger ones and the risks for some of the other ones. I mean, I liked I like all of our measles discussion, but I like more yeah. of the other aspects of it, not just the yeah. disease and the vaccine. And and what what's interesting, I just want to chime in. We're seeing a lot of meningococcal B vaccine commercials now. Mm. Um, e- even though the the meningococcal vaccine we use covers A, C, Y, and W strains. Um, the B strain vaccine is not one that we use in, in routinely on the schedule, but the B strain of meningococcal disease is one of the mo- is probably the most common strain of, of infections that we see in, mm. in the United States, especially among younger children. So why is but, that? But not-, not so much in teens, but but a lot in younger children. They could not. They have not been able to figure out how to make the the meningococcal B vaccine work well. That's right in I'm children. So they've never adopted it. They've never approved it. So then the question is, why are we seeing commercials? We're seeing commercials because it's not a vaccine that the CDC has accepted on their regular schedule. It's not on their recommended yet. schedule yet. yet. So those pharmaceutical companies are out there saying, hey, this vaccine exists. The CDC won't recommend it yet. Let's let's, let's put it straight it to the consumers. Yeah, yeah. So even though meningococcal B is most common in younger kids where the vaccine doesn't work, they're they're um they're putting they're advertising it to teens and adults saying, Hey, ask your doctor about this vaccine. So I just kind of find that kind of So you would essentially have to get two different meningococcal yeah, vaccines? If you're gonna get coverage from, uh, from all as, the different strains. As a teen. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Was that interesting? It was, but go back to your highly educated <laughs> well, ones. Well yeah, I, I just I'm one. just fascinated again the 
um, it all comes down to, you know, more highly educated parents are, are more likely to question vaccines. And that's really, I think, pharma and the CDC and the, the medical industry's greatest fear is that they don't want parents to be educated. Mm-hmm. We've read things and even talked about it says where we don't encourage parents mm-hmm. to get more educated about vaccines and we, we don't want to give them too much informed consent and they want them to view vaccines as automatic. We don't want people to investigate it. And because the second that anyone starts to read any sort of scientific information on vaccines that's outside of the media package, then they start to see the risks of vaccination. And then they get more educated, more, mm-hmm. more informed, and they t- tend to not follow the whole not schedule. Not comply. Yeah, yeah they, they just don't, don't comply. comply. That's their mm-hmm. greatest fear. Yeah, um, and that had some really good data in it as well, because it wasn't just an opinion. That had actual data and studies that mm-hmm. talked about yeah. the higher educated, yeah. um, quote, vaccine-hesitant people. <clears throat> I think one of the episodes that I've gotten the most positive feedback on was our episode on natural herd immunity mm-hmm. and artificially mm-hmm. vaccine-induced human And I will take credit mm-hmm. kind of just for that sort of, uh, that sort of comparison. You know, I mean, just, you know, I, I can take credit for, for so little of this podcast, but, but I feel like when something really was my idea, I just want to say. And it yeah. came into, it came in, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It came in handy. Is that, that's, a, that's an yeah. expression, right? Yeah. It, we ended up utilizing this theory a lot when the first Washington measles outbreak started mm-hmm. and this idea of what natural immunity the model for natural immunity looks like with a measles outbreak Mm -hmm. compared to what we typically see in the United States with a typically vaccinated, almost all vaccinated Mm -hmm. population. And so that comparison was interestingly something we have not seen in the United States with a measles outbreak, um, what we saw in Washington, because it was a very contained group. It was almost like its own little study that you could look at. And again, there were no infants under one that had measles and maybe three adults who were probably, I want to say, not in that right. community. And there was, o- there was almost no hospitalization. One. Like we'd ex- one like hospitalization. We'd yep. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, they were all age appropriate um, cases. And when people were like shocked by the the post I made on that, that really kind of was um, people were very interested in that they were shocked about this, the data and the statistics on that. And then it all came back to this idea, this idea, well, this is a natural immunity model versus artificially induced um, vaccine immunity. And what does that look like? And what's the difference there? And that kind of opened up that conversation. And I know I referred a lot of people back to this podcast um, to discuss that, because I think if you are in this movement and you're listening to this podcast, um, you really need to understand the concept of what natural immunity looks like and what artificially induced vaccine immunity looks like and how they are different Mm -hmm. and how they are different as a society in a population. And the problems that a society will have to encounter down the road when you opt in to uh, the artificial herd immunity model. And it's not just going to automatically eliminate every single disease and everything's going to be happy and bright and shiny 50 years from now. You will run into problems when you've tried to eliminate. It doesn't create lifelong immunity. So it's like it doesn't do exactly what natural immunity does. So it's I think that to understand that the concept of herd immunity, which we keep here. In fact, it was added to the bill. Right. They actually use the words herd or community immunity. To understand to that for that to be the basis 
of why they're passing these really strict laws that discriminate and segregate and remove rights. Um, it's all comes down to this idea of herd immunity. But the idea of herd immunity, if you if you like master nothing during the off time <laughs> for our podcast listeners, <laughs> if you master nothing else, you should really try to learn more about this concept of herd immunity and when it began, you know, somewhere around 1933. Um, what's that guy's name? Hedrick. Um, See so a doctor. He first came up with this idea of herd immunity, uh, witnessing in populations um, what percentage on average needed to have that coverage to prevent outbreaks and how it related to natural immunity, of course, and how that number was 68%. And that number was not 95%. That was never part of the plan. That was never part of the idea of vaccination, that it would need to be at 95% in order for it to work. Right. And I think that if you can really understand and master this idea of herd immunity, that when you have someone that comes to you and says, um, well, we need to have our rates higher because of, uh, you know, herd immunity, that you can actually have a conversation with them about what herd immunity means and what it was really based off of. Um, it was a, a real theory, but the theory wasn't based on a population with waning immunity and primary vaccine failure. Right. And, you know, I mean, that's just, that's not what it was, it was made on. And so we're kind of in a position as a society now that we've never been in before. And we don't know what that's going to look like. And they couldn't predict what it's going to look like because they never, you know, we'd never been here. So there's really no way for anybody to have said, this is what we need because we don't know. We don't know what we need. Right. What we know is that it's, it's not really working and people are getting hurt. That's what we know. That's really all we know, right? Is that it's not completely working. They're not safe for right. everyone. They're not effective for everyone. Yeah. And then we, we did like a, a later, more recent episode that highlighted the problems we're running into now with measles that when you use a vaccine like like the measles vaccine to try to create artificial immunity, we are now creating adult outbreaks, mm. and we're we're completely seeing that. What eighty percent of of the uh, of the California. California cases are in adults. A lot of them were were immunized or were vaccinated when they were younger. Um, we we are basically seeing uh, you know what all these studies predicted you know many years ago. So yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, Topics. Yeah. How about uh, J.B. Hanley? That was, love that. that was well, I just love so him. So cool. Yeah, yeah. In fact, he's I miss him. I'm so yeah. sad that he's been like on his Facebook hiatus for now yeah. several months because I like his thought provoking every time. <laughs> okay. It's there. every single time. It is. Why? You know what? Occasionally it wasn't. And you know what? It's do you do this be in the some, office? It's got to be something dietary. Because no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. No, I told no, you that no, like because, every time. Because <laughs> on vacation, it occurred to me, I'm like, gosh, I'm not clearing my throat very much. Um, do you? Does know, that happen to you typically? You know what? I do. Like in the it, office, it are you doing that goes. with people? I think it, it depends. It really depends on what I ate. So I think, I mean, I love my super vitamin. It kind of perks me up, but I think it kind of coats my throat with a little something that makes me a little. You guys, this so. is every podcast. It's every single Anyway, time. so what was I saying? JV I don't know. You were clearing your throat. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we definitely have to have him back because we, oh, yeah. we didn't get to the, the later parts of his book. Um, uh, what and was I want to know. Uh, 
I want to know how to end the autism epidemic and yeah, but I yeah. also want to know what he's been up to and yeah, stuff because yeah, he's yeah. always doing something yeah. really effective. He's a super smart guy. Yeah. I love his approach to this and his approach to how he writes and the things he finds important. And he always offers some really good things. So that was yeah. fun to have um, someone on. You know, yeah. that was fun. And then it, of course, later with Dr. Thomas Cowan was awesome. Yeah. That was and so cool. It's really cool. I wish more doctors. So doctors, if you're listening. Other doctors, specialists, even if you're not, you know, a pediatrician or even a general practitioner, if you are a doctor and you're listening to this and you want to be on this uh, podcast for season two, you can be on anonymously. We, I'm totally fine with that. Mm-hmm. We understand what this hostile climate can do to people. But I would love to hear more from doctors and specialists who kind of want to share maybe something about what they've seen as it relates to this debate, this conversation, maybe some particular scientific work that they're doing or what they've studied and their their personal experience. So uh, if you are interested or you think your own doctor or friend or family member who's a doctor would be interested, again, you can totally be anonymous. So I know that's going to appeal to a few of you who've contacted me already. Um, Message me on Facebook because I would love to have you on. I'm always really interested to learn from people with different experience. You know, obviously like we chat a lot, so I know a lot of what you talk about because we chat a lot, but it's, it's so fun to have Mm -hmm. uh, other people because they're providing new information and a new perspective. And it kind of, I find that stuff really interesting. So I look forward to on season two, having more guests and I know you guys will love that as well. Yeah. I think people like the guests because I I learn something every time. I think it's fascinating and it's, and it's uh yeah it's uh, it's great to have that extra element and it's you know it's I don't know different than just sitting talking to you all the time. I know I bore you. you. I get it. <laughs> uh, I you know I like the breastfeeding episode. Um, yeah. I just yeah. want to mention that because I know you'll probably skip over that one. <laughs> um, I think <laughs> I think it was a really important um, r- reminder that medicine is not the only way to keep our children healthy and that it does kind of start from the beginning and our body is and the immune systems are trained to sort of have what they need um, from the mother. And again, if breastfeeding is not something you're able to do, you know, look at donor milk, the ability to kind of give your child breast milk, I should say, is the most important thing if if that is something that you can do and should really, really, really try to do because I find it to be so important. And then I like how we tied in all the studies yeah. that talk about the reduction yeah. in infectious disease specifically because of breast milk. Yeah. It's not just, oh, it gives you vitamins and nutrition yeah, and yeah, it's good yeah. for you, know. But it was talking about scientifically on this vaccine discussion it was talking about the diseases we're trying to prevent with vaccines. Many of them are preventable based on data yeah. through breastfeeding. So that was good. Yeah. And me, one uh, piece of feedback I got that I've heard this before when you're talking about uh, breastfeeding and, and, and the reduction of diseases, um, some of the people, people are sort of maybe a little bit more into you know, breastfeeding education. They off, they actually like to turn it around and say, what's the risk of not breastfeeding? Yeah. And instead of so. saying breastfeeding, say cuts the risk of, of mm. catching, you know, diarrhea by half. They, they like to say not breastfeeding doubles your chance that you're going to, you're yeah. going to catch, uh, like um, catch diarrhea. But in order to do that, you have to basically do the math on every study and every statistic and turn around. So we didn't make the attempt to do that, but I would almost say, um, you almost have, you really should look since breastfeeding is by default the norm. And right. It's like it's of, not an option. It's right, not so like the optional choice. Right. It's, it's like you like, breastfeed and then the, the option you would take would be to not breastfeed. Right. Therefore, what risk does that then, you know, impose versus mm. 
what's the benefit of breastfeeding? Totally. The benefit of breastfeeding is that's just normal life. That's just your, your, point your normal. Point well yeah. taken. Well, thank you. Man, that is male, like, <laughs> male. That was a point well taken about I write females. That down. I think that's the fourth time you said that to me <laughs> since I've known you. <laughs> Kudos to you, Dr. Bob. That was sensational. Yeah. I you know, like it. You know, I got to say, I mean, I know you're, you're, you're teasing me now, but... Uh, no, it was a good point. No, there's there's um an episode we did that I don't remember, even remember what episode it was, but I was listening back and um he- hearing more deeply what you were saying. Like like I was, I mean, I was, <laughs> you mean listening? Yeah, listening. <laughs> and I was listening. I'm like, oh my gosh, that was a great point, or that was that was a fantastic about yourself. Idea. You mean no, you? About, oh oh oh. <laughs> No, no, about you. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh. And I just moved right right on. (laughs) I just moved right on to my next point because I'm like, I'm thinking, okay, when she's wrapped up with her point, I'm going to say something, but no, I mean, I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I could go back and and insert. Um, That was a fantastic one. I I bet the listeners know what episode I'm, I'm talking about because it was so, when I went back and I listened, I'm like, Oh my gosh, you just hit the nail on the head. And then I That's moved right funny. on to something else. So anyway, <laughs> I will try to listen more. That is and, so and, well, you know what the difference? Active listening. Yes. Not hearing, but active <laughs> but, listening. But what's the difference about uh, <laughs> Did you hear me? <laughs> about how I am. Uh, well, I don't know. You're I mean, typically I think you're because if you're like on your iPad like scrolling to the next thing, you're mm-hmm. like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then you're just like, <laughs> so I know you're not listening. And then the other way I know you're not listening is when you, the next time you talk, you say one of the things I just said. I know, I know. <laughs> That's a very obvious way to be like, okay, you didn't, you weren't listening. Anyway, but um, yeah, but I uh, I appreciate your points. And uh, well, now I want to know what episode that was. I know. <laughs> when, did, when did I hit the nail on the head? I want to know. I want to know. Uh, well, what else was interesting? Um, we talked about, well, you know, getting into censorship was cool. Actually, the CDC, you know, getting into a little bit of the conflicts of interest, and that was cool. And the censorship coming up, that issue was was uh, time sensitive, I think. Um, yeah. And then uh, Japan, I like talking about Japan. Yeah, that was cool. Japan was really cool. Remember who brought that study to the I table? I know, Melissa. And do you remember a- how I told you after the podcast? I was like... <laughs> I was like, you were saying all the points I wanted to say. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, I brought the study to the table. I wanted to talk about it because it, this was such a cool find. I accidentally found this study because I was looking up encephalitis and measles. And I, it brought me to this study about how Japan's vaccine program was set up. And it was really cool um, overview of how they approach yeah. immunization there. And, um, and there were, there were so many great points. And of course I had gone through the study yeah, way yeah, before you, yeah, because yeah. I'm highlighting and marking all these different things. And like, as we're going through it, you're like, and another thing that was interesting. And you're like, <laughs> like reading off exactly like what I was, and I had like three stars next to it. So that was like the one I like really wanted to say. And I'm like, Oh, and then the thing okay. was, I couldn't say anything like while we were recording. Okay. <laughs> but you know what? I'm, I'm, uh, Hereby officially giving you permission yes. that if there is like something that we're working on together or you bring it or even I bring it, but I will totally admit you always say things better than I do. No, that's not, I will oh, totally, it's not always true. Uh, almost always true. So if there's a point that I start to make 
And you, that was one of your three star points. But you, you were know, just like I, reading it. You're just reading it, but it was like such a good part. And it's right, like, right, I wanted to bring right, that to our listeners. Right. I wanted them to know, I wanted them to know that I found this great <laughs> nugget because what's funny is, um, you know, most of the studies we bring really are, are tend to be me. I don't know why that's the case. You probably read a lot more studies I than like I do. I like looking for oh, studies. Yeah. Because I, I would love yeah. for you to bring a study because then I can look at it and I can go, wow, this mm. is really interesting. Um, but of course the ones I'll bring, I've already read them. So when, by the time we get here, I just want to, you know, summarize all these good points. And then it's just, it was really funny. That, that's <laughs> the, know, that, that one. one yeah. When we, I remember when we left, I was like, you were, you know, I was saying it like in a playful way, but secretly I was like, Arr. Yeah. But you know, but, but I bet I, I tend to sometimes be too superficial with it. Or I might not go deeper mm. into the point. So you should always like, I think, jump in or add on to what, if I just reading it from the study, you should then take it. And no, I'm it just not going to show you the study next time. <laughs> I'm going to bring it to the podcast yeah, and you'll have to yeah. hear it live so we can just hear your responses to yeah, the study. And funny. then that way I get to say all those good points. But then I'll let you do the same for your studies. Deal? Yeah, deal. Deal. He'll never bring a exactly. study. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> we had a couple of similar episodes, you know, why do pediatricians kick you out for not vaccinating? And then and then what happens when doctors ignore your child's vaccine reaction? And we had we had a, a visitor. Um, mm-hmm. um, we had a, a, a guest come in and share her story, and uh, and that was very uh, that was you know I think very interesting to me to be able to talk about that. What else? Uh, I mean, well, skipping ahead kind of a bit, I really like the toxic sludge PR conversation. Yes. That was awesome because yes, I'm so interested. I just love the title of that. And, and that's the title of the book. It's called Toxic Sludge yeah. is Good for You. Yeah. And Other Truths. Yeah. <laughs> I think I came up with Other Truths. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, you did. Other Truths because those are my truth posts. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Fine. That's funny. But I like, I like discussing the PR aspect of this vaccine debate. Again, this goes back to the media and manipulation and sound bites and all that. This is all part of the same conversation that I find fascinating. Because like today, when some new articles came out, oh, the governor supports the bill. I'm like, you know what? People are freaking out about it, saying, how come you, you know, the truth is this literally could be media manipulation. Right. Right. Nobody got a word from him that, yes, this is totally, I support it. He might not even know what the final language looks like. He might not have thought the final language meant what it did, because I can't imagine he would uh, approve it right. with the way that these yeah. amendments came in. But you know what? If you work in a certain senator's office and you contact your LA Times person or your SACB person, you email them and go, we need a story. We need a story saying that the governor supports it. They put out yeah. a story. The headline says the governor signs on to this new bill as if he, it's a it's a done deal. Yeah. And the truth is we don't know where that came from and if he really did support it. And that's the way that media manipulation and the right. PR machine works. Right. And they're doing it maybe even to put pressure on the governor to force him to say yes now that they've put these articles out. Yeah. Or maybe they're doing it to convince the assembly members who are going to have a hearing that the governor already supports it. So you might as well too. All of this stuff is like, you know, part of this... Big, big coordinated effort, like we always say. And I love dissecting that and discussing it and just talking about it. Of course, we don't know the the final answers, but it's I love to discuss it. I think it's it's really um, interesting to me. Yeah, and that idea it's so timeless um, because uh, I'm maybe laughing at myself, but uh, um, I mean we see that kind of thing on TV. It's so obvious when we see you know the media manipulating things on television and movies. But even in, in, in books, I mean, some of the books I read, even yeah. like science fiction novels that are talking about, you know, stories, you know, 2000 years from now, 
there's one book I read and the entire book was pretty much about media manipulation mm. of politics and the government and how they totally shifted a whole nation's policy based on the media manipulation. And it's a, uh, it's so obvious when you're reading it or watching it, but honestly, when it's, when you're living it, I think the public buys it and they don't realize they're yeah, being manipulated. They don't and that's why it. you mm-hmm. paid so much attention to that issue on this. Um, and then of course I loved our interview with Forrest talking about yeah. the moth and the iron lung and yeah. just actually more than just that, even this idea that there could be another theory behind all this, I thought was really fascinating. And when I read mm-hmm. that book, it was so, yeah. so awesome. Yep. And then I did get a lot of messages about the immune system episode. A lot of people really liked uh, immunity, mm-hmm. talking yeah. about immunity and what kind of supplements and vitamins to be taking yeah. and that they appreciated that. I'm sure we should definitely do that again, season two. Yeah. And, uh, I guess since we just posted the other episodes, we don't really need to recap them. No, but I will say the last one of my favorites was the medical board episode. Yeah, I got a a lot of thanks and feedback from that. That, You know what I liked about that episode is that it was uncomfortable. (laughs) I like that. Like it wasn't uncomfortable really at the time. Like it didn't feel like that to me. But I'll, I'll just tell everybody like after it was over, you know, Dr. Bob was a little concerned that, um, I might have come across as too harsh and and pushy and maybe mean and whatever um, all the things that you know because I'm a I'm a, a target often for <laughs> for reviews um, that are not so positive because everybody loves Dr. Bob <laughs> and you're a man and you have a degree and those things make you infallible and so no but our listeners have, I know I'm just after kidding. like. 10 minutes into the first episode, I know they've grown to love you. Yeah, so. they, no, I, yeah. I, everybody has been really great. Um, yeah. but, but what I like, it was really funny. Cause what did I write back to? I was like, honestly, I think you're going to make a much bigger deal of it. If yeah. we say that, um, yeah. I, I think it's funny that you were so worried. I realized it's okay to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's okay for something yeah. to feel like this is not scripted and haha, easy, light, everything like we always do. It's all diplomatic all the time. And honestly, like we, we hardly ever get into arguments, you and I, like right. we, we've, we don't have that kind of like argumentative right. dynamic. Right. Um, but it, and it wasn't argumentative, no. but it was, it was like you said, it had that little uncomfort or I was put, I was pushing you, but I had a lot of people message me and they were like thanking me for that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. I got messages, you know, saying they were glad that you, yeah, or they were okay with it. They thought it was, they thought, and they thought it was cool that it was something different. You know, it wasn't just the typical, everybody's fine. You know, what are we talking about today? Yeah, exactly. It was going into something and it felt real because it was real. Mm -hmm. And, and I like those kind of um, episodes. I like those kind of discussions and I'm not afraid to have those discussions. And of course, everybody knew my intentions are always great, you know, behind, behind that push. So it wasn't like just to be argumentative. It was literally to bring something good out. You know, that was the idea, but I, I got a, I got tons in person too. I got tons of people that mentioned, like, I really liked that episode. Um, and, and how different it was and how just raw and, and honest that it was. So I think we should have, um, some more of those, those kinds of things that maybe aren't totally scripted, which we do most of the time, but you know, it might be kind of, kind of nice to, uh, to have that sometimes. All right. 
So I think we'll kind of maybe stop there so that we can mm-hmm. give people something to look forward to for our second part. Yeah, our two-part season finale. Season finale. <laughs> season one finale, part two. Yeah. I love How it. How cool is that? I mean, it's yeah, so cool. I mean, you're always so sad about season finales, but when it's a two-parter, you're like, it's not really It's not over. totally over. Yeah. It's not over yet. And what I'll do is I'll usually save the second part to watch right before the next season starts. Oh, that's interesting. I know what's going on, but you guys don't have to do that. But okay. All right. All right. Yeah. So we will, uh, we'll We'll be back. Yeah. Yeah, So we don't have to like have a long goodbye. Don't say goodbye. No No tears. No tears. (laughs) Nothing's happening now. So see you soon. How about that? Yeah. Okay. Bye. Information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as medical advice. Always consult your healthcare professional for information on vaccines and infectious diseases.